Good morning. Um, welcome back. Um, I know the last time I recorded an episode, it was May the 9th um, of this year, 2022. And here we are at the end of June, uh, July. <laughs> and, um, so much time has passed. Please forgive me. Um, today I'm going to do my best not to ramble and to really just get to the point. But um, I want to be transparent with you since you're listening to me. Well, since you're taking um, time out of your busy day and busy lives to listen to me. So... I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, um, PTSD, severe anxiety, and panic attacks. And I'm actually seeking out, um, going through another uh, counselor at the time, or at this time, the one that I had before, she ended up moving away and it just was a big thing. But, um, so if you hear me and then you're like, okay, well, she was on to a, a, a good topic or message and then she's gone and just keep me in your thoughts and your prayers and pray for me. Um, I do the best I can do. I can't promise you anything else. I will do the best that I can do. So the last episode I was talking about my first stillborn experience. And I immediately want to kind of go into the second stillborn experience I'm trying to let my spirit guide me I don't know if I told you all this I'm a very spiritual person I try to make sure I let people know that about myself um very spiritual I'm not religious I'm spiritual um and I know a lot of people they always say this they're like why do people say religious why do people say not religious but they're spiritual. Let me tell you, a lot of people have a lot of reasons of why they say what they say. I can only speak for myself. And when I say I'm not religious, that means I don't go bashing my belief system or my belief standards or morales against anyone's head. Um, And I'm not down on anyone who do stand in the same faith as me if I see them falling because I myself fall. I, uh, I'm spiritual in the sense that I'm here <laughs> on earth <laughs> and I do understand there's a higher power. I feel like the creator 
uses everything around us, not just people, not just circumstances. I feel like everything, even a tree, the wind, the water, the rain, the drought, the blooming flower, the dead grass, the dirt. I feel like God uses everything as a symbolism for us. And that's just, that's just me. I try to, a lot of people try to get so deep and heavy with Bibles and scriptures and just seeing the sun pierce through my window is enough for me to be humble and grateful and get excited. And um, that's why I say I'm a very spiritual person. Some people may say, Mm-mm, that's not enough. You know, you got to know about 20, 80 different scriptures. Well, if that's what you feel you need, I say do it. That is not what I feel I need. And that is not to say that I don't read scripture or devotionals or anything encouraging. I find my creator in a lot of different ways. It's actually no one's business. (laughs) It is your personal. It's your personal relationship with your God. So you will never hear me on this platform tell you how to connect, when to connect, and the ways you should be connecting with your personal relationship with God. That's not me. So now that I got that out of the way, (laughs) um, I was going to go into the second part of my journey of having um a stillborn baby but I think I'm gonna save that for the next episode because there are some things that I need to address so about two weeks ago um some friends that we know They called me. Well, they were calling me and I have a new phone. So I didn't know their, uh, I didn't, Google didn't save the number to the new phone. Basically my Google contacts didn't switch over to the new phone. And so I was just, um, kept looking at this number. I'm like, who keeps calling me? And so, um, normally sometimes when I don't know a number and they'll call and I'll pick up and I'll say, hello, you know, try to give a, <laughs> a crazy voice or something. But, um, excuse me, I'm actually sipping water while I'm talking to you. But um, I said, let me call this number back because they text me and they said, Cassandra, Cassandra, I need you. I need you. I said, okay. Okay. So I call the number back and I'm like, hello. And 
it actually was a couple who was with us our first time when we had our stillborn son, Jabez. And she said, Cassandra, I need you. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, the baby died. I said, the baby? And she said, um, she said, my son and his girlfriend, they had, they were having a baby. The baby died. And she's hemorrhaging. And there's a lot going on. I don't know what's going on. No one's talking to me. I don't understand some of the things that they're saying or why they're doing what they're doing. Can you please come up here and be with me? And out of respect, she just, she was calling me because, um, you know, my husband and I had been through this journey three times. Uh, and I said, okay, let me get dressed. I'm on my way. So I called my husband. I said, babes, um, our friends, they need us. There's been another loss. And my husband was like, oh my gosh, you know, he said, well, you on your way? I said, yes. And he said, okay, Cassandra, hold on. Did you pray? I said, I did. And my husband was only asking, did I pray? Because he was like, okay, like, um, you know, the territory that you're entering into. Am I okay to enter into it mentally, you know, emotionally? Could I be there for them the way they needed me to be? Um, and he knows what I go through, you know, still go through to this day. And I felt confident in my spirit. I felt confident. I said, God, if you didn't want me to know or to go, you wouldn't have had me call the number back and hear their voice and know who they are. So I will accept um, this invitation. So I got to the hospital and... This young lady was just sitting up there. She looked on the brink of death. I mean, this is not a joke. Like, she was very sick. And her mother was there and everyone was there. And the boyfriend was there and my friend was there because the boyfriend is her son. And um, I just put my hand on her head. And then I placed my right hand on her back and I just rubbed her head and rubbed her arm and she was in and out because she, it was, it was blood everywhere. It was just blood everywhere. And the doctor came in and, um, she was willed to surgery. There's some information I'll say. There's some information I won't say out of respect for her and her family. Um, if they want me to say it, I will circle back around in another episode and say what all was going on. But at this time, I'll just speak on the experience of the baby. 
So after, you know, surgery, they, uh, the nurse came in. She said, we delivered the baby. Do you all want to see the baby? So the dad was like, no, I don't. And the other family, they were just quiet. They were kind of looking at each other and they were like, I don't know. Should I say yes? Should I say no? And and God, I mean, y'all, God had, it was just strengthening me. It was like, Cassandra, you don't want them to experience what you experience, what you struggle with what has torn your life to pieces. Go ahead and speak up. So I told the family, I said, listen, you may feel like right now, no, I don't want to see the baby. You're going to want to have that precious moment with the baby. I said, go ahead. And I turned around and I told the nurse, I said, bring that baby in here. And she brought the baby in, you all. It was a whirlwind of emotions for everyone, everybody. They cried. I mean, they were just, they were on the floor. And I turned to the nurse and I said, can I hold the baby? And she said, yes, you can hold the baby. And I held the baby. Oh, my. Just the most angelic, precious, oh my goodness, it just made my heart flutter. The miraculous wonders of our creator just, oh, she was so beautiful. She had a head full of hair, you all. And these tiny fingers and tiny toes and her little lips, she was still warm from when they pulled her from her mother. And I just pressed my lips against her cheeks and she was just, oh, beautiful. And I asked the family one by one, I said, do you want to hold the baby? And at first they were a little hesitant, but then one by one, they were like, I want to hold her. I want to hold her. I said, hold her, hold her, tell her you love her. She hears you. She hears you. And they just, oh, we just all passed the baby around and. And the dad, he took it really hard. There were some other things going on um, that I won't speak of, but um, he he said, I don't understand. He said, I don't understand this. He said, "How how come you're not, how come you are not, he was talking to me, the young man, he said, how did you go through this that many times? Look at you. You just standing there. You just, you like a, a, a 
a strong tower, like a building. You're not collapsing. You're not. I'm like, babes, you know, I'm here for you. And it was beginning to be very emotional in there. And so I said, well, I'll get the baby back. You know, I didn't mind. I was enjoying holding this baby, <laughs> you all. And I'm being for real. I know you all are like, really? I enjoyed every moment of holding that precious gift in my arms. Oh, my goodness. I really did. And they, okay, so right now because of COVID and other different policies and procedures that are in place. Um, they the, the nursery was kind of, was closed down, so they have cuddle cots. Cuddle cots are like bassinets with cooling systems in them for the baby to go into. It's supposed to help preserve the baby more because. You know, the baby's deceased, so the skin's going to keep peeling and turning, and as I've seen with my children, and um, she said the hospital only had a certain amount of number of cuddle cots, um, and they were waiting for one that had been in use. So um, my husband eventually came up there, and we we all prayed and we talked and I still had the baby y'all. I still had the baby. I just, I did not want to let that baby go. And, you know, I didn't get to hold my son, my first son that passed away. It was just, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I just loved holding that baby. It, it helped me. I was there to help them, but it helped me. And when the time came for me to go home, I went home and um, we just funeralized um, the baby this past Saturday. As a matter of fact, we had the funeral and um, it was a beautiful funeral. Beautiful. I've heard some crazy things, though, you all. I've heard people say, well, she didn't live, so you don't have to have that big of a ceremony. Or she didn't, you know, she she wasn't here that long, so... It's not going to really affect or, you know, just do something simple, you know, blah, 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 you know. It's not that big a deal. And I'm saying this to tell you, I think you should watch your mouth. I think people should watch their mouth. And watch what they say. How do you know? 
it's not a big deal. How do you know the effects of it? How do you know that? I can't tell you what it's like to be a widow. I still have my husband. I can't tell you what it's like to have cancer. I've never been treated for it or diagnosed for it. I can't tell you how a broken arm feels. I've never had a broken bone in my body. But I can tell you how having stillborn babies has affected my life because I experienced it. I went through it. I lived it. I still continue to live it. So if you ever have someone in your life that experienced a loss in this way, don't don't minimize the pain or try to unacknowledge this is a human being. It's a human being. It's a precious gift from God. If you believe that, stand firm in that. I always felt like I was cheated and there were certain things that happened in the hospital that I didn't agree with, but this young lady, young lady's grandmother called me, well, her boyfriend's mother called me because I know them. She said, Cassandra, I need to ask you something. I said, go ahead. She said, I don't have any peace. I said, oh, honey. It's been since 2014 and I still don't. Still don't. When that day will come, who knows? (laughs) But I still don't either. I said, what's what's wrong? What are you needing? She said, well, I didn't get her clothes or her blanket. I don't have any clippings of her hair. I don't have any of the things that you have. And I did notice that when I was in the hospital with them. They weren't giving anything. Let me tell you, everybody's so focused on this damn COVID. They're forgetting people are actually still going through life. We're still going through things in life. For a mother who lost a child, that's that's the future. We need those things. We need those things. It's like a hello and a goodbye all at one time. We need those things. And she said she didn't get any pictures. She didn't 
she didn't get anything. So I did contact the nurse and I asked her, I said, ma'am, there was a patient there. I said, and um, she said she didn't receive any of her baby's belongings. And she said, oh, we don't do pictures anymore. I said, you don't? She said, no, we only do pictures for the live babies. Well, excuse me. Then she said, I said, well, what about the footprints and the locks of hair? And and she said, oh, we don't do that anymore. You have to request it or do it on your own. I said, okay. Well, what about the baby's clothes that the baby had on? We don't do that anymore. I said, well, ma'am, what do y'all do? Um, well, the parents have to express to us. Let me tell you all something. How are you going to express to someone? Let me tell you, I can't even remember what the heck was going on with me when my baby passed. I, I don't know. I really can't. It's, it was a blur. How is this young lady going to be in her right mind to even say any of those things? She just had a loss. It was devastating. So she said, we used, the nurse said, we used to take pictures, but the parents, some parents wouldn't want the pictures. Some parents would want pictures. She said, and we had pictures sitting up here that parents would never come back to get. And they were just here. I said, ma'am, you mean to tell me that's the reason you all don't have do those things anymore for patients? Y'all have to come up with a better system. Because I have this young lady here who has nothing. And when I say nothing, nothing, she's going to have a worse time. You know, you all pick on me, talk about me. I don't, I really don't care. But I still have my son's bloody blanket. Oh yeah, his blood stain blanket. It is right here. I was going to say beside my bed. Actually, it's on my bed. In in a uh, the little funeral bag the hospital gave me. Sometimes I take that blanket out and I rock it. Sometimes I take that blanket out and I I just hold it close to my heart. I don't have a grave site to visit my son. That's my grave. That mom, she was able to have a funeral and a cremation for her baby. Thank God. She didn't come up with that on her own. Those parents did. And I'm going to tell you something. 
God allowed them to experience what they experienced with me so that they knew what was needed for them because my husband and I didn't have anyone around us. No, not not one set of our parents said, let's honor this baby. Let's give this baby a proper burial or cremation or funeral. Let's honor this child. No, nobody. Nobody. And I spoke at that funeral and I told those young, that young couple, I said, you all are blessed. My husband and I didn't have this. I think it was a bit much with the (laughs) t-shirts, but hey, do you? And they shed a tear. They cried. Those grandparents were broken. Because that was their granddaughter. And I said, oh, I wasn't jealous. I rejoiced in the Lord. Thank God this young lady knows she's not alone in her pain. And that these elders in her life helped her funeralize this baby. Because that is something that I was not fortunate to have. And me and my husband to this day struggle mentally because of that. It's... Every time I get ready to throw the towel in, God always brings something like someone will have a loss or someone will ask me um, for advice. I feel like that's God constantly telling me, Cassandra, don't give up. There's women out there who need you. They need you. And I'm not going to lie to you all. I've been in and out of jobs. Um, I've been in and out of school. And when I say school, I mean college. Um. Sometimes I leave my home. Sometimes I don't. Um, I have talked to counselors. I'm on some serious medicine. My life has forever been changed. And I know this young lady's life has to. And I'm struggling this morning with words because I'm so overwhelmed.
I'm grateful. I'm humble. But I'm so overwhelmed. It's, it's overwhelming. The assignment is overwhelming. The grief. The pain. Thoughts running through your head. Uncertainty. The things you know you have to change and the things that you you know will never change. And the things that you hope to see to change before you leave this earth can be very overwhelming. But I plan on having a success story before my body is burned in the furnace. I do plan on having a success story where I'm able to help other women and couples. That is my wealth. A lot of people always say, I wanna I wanna be a millionaire. I want this, I want money, I, I just I wanna I want that car, that Ferrari, I want this that big old house, I want this. I've never been that type of woman. I actually had an ex at tell me that years ago. I was I had a lot a lot going on. And he said, Cassandra. Don't you want something? And I was looking at him stupid <laughs> because I'm like, what do you mean? What do you want me to want? He was real flashy. He was in the material things. You know, you got to have a car, a nice car. And he, you know, he, uh, we were different. I'm real boho, okay? I'm about, I'm about as boho and minimalist as they come, which is so crazy because I married a conservative man <laughs> who likes to look good all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, where's my sunflower shirt and my sandals and my, my flowy, my mama calls it an Aunt Jemima skirt. <laughs> That's me. I love me, all of me. And let me tell you, you better love yourself damn too. But um, that's not me, you all. I tell you what, when I'm able to execute what I have in my heart, what God has placed in my heart to do, I am going to feel so rich. That... That's going to make me the most happiest. And I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need, it takes a village. It takes a village to make change. They say one person. All it takes is one person. All it takes is one person's idea. But you still need people around you who believe in what you're saying to make change 
that idea come to pass, to make change evident. And I believe it's going to happen. I know it is. And I'm just going to say thank you ahead of time for your support and all the help that I know you are going to provide to me. Listen, I I, I have to go because I have a lot to do this morning. And um, school starting back in a week. I promise you I will not be gone from you long. When I come back on this podcast, I'm going to jump right back into the second part of my journey of um, having a stillborn baby. But before I leave, I do want to tell you on Hulu, there is a movie called Aftershock. Watch it. My husband and I watched it and it was... Well, actually, he watched some of it and then he he left. He couldn't even finish watching it because he said it reminded him too much of when we were in the hospital. Very powerful, you all. Is talking about not infant loss, but women who die, but their babies live, but the but the mothers die. And the care the hospital gave and the policy and the procedures and these two men getting together with their ideas and making things happen in their community is deep. Watch it. I make sure my children watch um, a lot of documentaries to expose them. We may not always be able to travel. We have traveled but we may not always be able to travel. I still want them to know what's going on in the world outside of this home. And documentaries are a great way to expose your children to different ethnicities, uh, food, languages, faiths, everything. I know some parents are like, I don't want, I only want my, my child to know the one true living God. Well, you know, who, who is the one true, what's the one true living God? What do you mean? Um, in India, they believe in God. We all have our relationship and an opinion of who we feel and believe God is in our life. Never disrespect anyone else's position of faith in their life. And that is just me. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I will never do and what I teach my children not to do. Because I have a daughter now who wants to travel the world. And I feel like it's very important for her to know what's a Muslim. What's an atheist? What is Buddhism? Where Christianity stemmed from. Catholics. I want her to know those things. It's very important. You can learn something from someone. Everyone can. Whether you agree with their faith or not. You can learn something from someone. So if you have time, 
just watch Aftershock. Um, it's going to change your, your life after watching it. I actually cried watching it because um, it did remind me of my hospital experience. The only difference is I kept my life and my baby lost his, both of my children, so on. But until next time, um, you all know, I hope you have the best day ever. <laughs> I always try to say that because I mean it. And keep me in your thoughts and in your prayers. I'll do the same for you. I'm actually trying to get a website set up, an email set up. Just bear with me, okay? Because I told you I struggle mentally and I'm trying to go back into the workforce. I don't know how long I'm going to be in the workforce. I'm going to do my best. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to do my best. I have a very loving and supportive husband. Um... Very loving and supportive husband. Uh, pray for him, you all. Because he has to deal with me. He has to be the spine. He has to be the spine. And I asked him the other night. I said, baby. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm a burden for you. And he said, you're not a burden for me. And I said. I know you want a normal wife, don't you? And he said, Cassandra, what's normal? I said, well, you know, a wife without any mental challenges, a wife without any pain and grief, and a wife that doesn't struggle all the time emotionally, you know, a wife that has high heels. <laughs> in many dresses and <laughs> red lips and you know smells like Chanel her <laughs> and he my husband he was like no uh -uh, I don't want her he said Cassandra I love you and I want you I told God I wanted you no matter what. And that's what I meant. And stop saying that you're not normal because what is normal? Are there some challenges I know you go through? Yes, but I never, never makes me look at you any different. I still love you. I still make love to you. I still spend time with you. I still love your company. It's just some things we have to learn to work through. And I want to work through it with you till we die. And I said, thank you, God, for my sweet, amazing husband, You know, my husband is a constant reminder of God's love for me. Constant. 
reminder. But let me go. You know, I appreciate you all for listening to me today. I really do. I don't take it for granted. I don't expect you to. Um, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I mean that. Um, I hope you all are being safe. And practicing self-care. Loving everyone around you, but most importantly, taking the time to love yourself. Until next time.